0: Hi, you all, and welcome to Growth Theory. I am Tina Smith, your host, and I'm so excited that you're here. Listen, today's episode is going to be a treat because I have a special guest on today. Listen, this special guest is my dear friend and one of my first branding photography clients, Anya Bazell of Surgery and The City. Listen, this woman is the queen of creating content consistently, she's also the queen of affluent fashion, and she's also the queen of non-traditional medical students. This girl built her successful blog while pulling insane hours as a med student, which I don't even know how she's still here functioning, but her blog covers amazing tips for non-traditional medical students and really beautiful clothes. Whether you are a micro-influencer trying to grow your audience or an entrepreneur trying to grow your business online and make more sales and impact, this episode is for you. We will be covering topics like how to find your special formula when you've got so much going on and don't know how to niche down. We're also going to be talking how to set healthy boundaries when it comes to putting yourself out there. We'll be covering things like the power of bringing your audience into your story, and Anya will be sharing what her proven growth theory is. So listen, I already warned you, pull up a chair, lean in a little closer, because it's going to be a good one. Let's get into it. You guys, I'm so excited. I have the most amazing, affluent guest on the planet. Listen to me. This I'm not just recording my own. This is a guest special episode. And first off, thank you for coming back and listening to the podcast. Um, we are joined here today with the Atlanta blogger extraordinaire Anya Bazel of Surgery and the City. Thank you, Tina. I'm so happy to be
1: here with you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, so we know we I can talk all day. So I just want you to share a little bit about yourself how we have come to work together and just I'll let you go and take the reins.
1: Sure, so again, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you. Again, my name's Anya Bazel. I am the influencer of Surgery and the City. I am a medical doctor as well. So I am a medical doctor and fashion blogger. I first created Surgery and the City about three years ago. It's coming up on three years. I was not doing very well in medical school. I was very stressed out and I needed a creative outlet. I felt like I had given up so much of my creative space so that I could pursue this degree and I was just drained and needed something that was just for me. Medicine is for me, but it's also for my patients and the people I serve, the community I serve. So I wanted to have something that was my outlet. So that is how Surgery in the City was born. I decided not to wait until my life was perfect and all together to start that blog. I started with what I had. And then I was able to prove to myself that I could be consistent. And that's when I decided, okay, I need photos (laughs) to actually make my blog look the way I want it to look. So Tina went to high school with my brother, Andrew. They also went to college together (laughs) for a little bit. At ASU Yeah And so Tina takes pictures Andrew told me about her And I said Okay So I need Tina To be on my team Because I want Brands to take me seriously And I want to take this blogging career seriously because it is a second career. So Tina and I have been working together for almost three years now and she has absolutely helped me to take my brand from here to there and I'm so grateful and so excited to see what's next. Isn't
0: she amazing you guys? Okay so just I know a lot of people listening to this are probably like hold on you're a doctor and you blog so Help us figure out how you managed to start with that idea. Like, how did you get to that point where you're like, okay, I, I'm going to start a blog while I'm in school. I know we've talked about it being an outlet for you because you were so stressed out. Um, but how did you handle that? What will people think or say if I start this since I should be studying? or like, How do you handle that first jump of what will people think? Because I know a lot of people when they want to start something, even if it's a passion project, that holds them up?
1: Mm, I That is a very good question. I did not have time to really consider what people would think, especially if it would be in a negative aspect. I had so much going on with school that I had to do something because what I was doing, just focusing on school 24 seven, it wasn't working. It was decreasing me and I wanted to have increase in my life. So I knew that I had to make a move whether People approved or not and honestly there were quite a few of my classmates who were saying Anya You should be blogging. You should be YouTubing your hair your fashion You should do it now 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 and I'm just looking at them like do you know what my grade is in this class? But okay, so I just started and I honestly kept it to myself for a while a lot of people didn't find out until I was In fourth year of medical school technically I started at the end of second year and I kept it to myself I didn't talk about it I barely showed anyone I showed one of my classmates Denise shout out Denise she's Mm -hmm. always been super supportive of it and I definitely kept it from my superiors any faculty members any residents I was not telling them about surgery in the city but they ended up finding me there were residents who ended up finding me, told me and they watch my stories and I was like, thank God they found out after right. I was done with their rotation because well, so yes, I focused on the work and not what people had to say because I knew that for my sanity, I needed to start.
0: That is beautiful. So the advice you'd have for someone who was, who might be paralyzed by what other people think, just, just do it, I guess
1: just start and do it for you. If you do not start your passion project, it's not going to negatively impact whoever would have had something to say. It's going to impact you.
0: Mm, That's good. Okay, I'm being inspired myself. (laughs) Okay, so I wanted to touch on this. So a lot of people who do start a passion project, even for myself, like we start out so strong it's like a freaking sprint and then we're exhausted. And then it's like, I thought you were doing this, right? I thought you were doing that crickets, right? So how do you manage and how did you manage to find the time to stay consistent? Like what? is your method for the busy bees of the world? Cause you're, you were the ultimate busy bee. Like I did not know how you were in school. Then you hit me up. We would shoot. I would see you post every day and I'd be like, dang, okay, I need to get on it. Like I'm not in medical school and I haven't posted in like two days. I have no blogs. Like just please answer this question for us all.
1: Sure. So I think it goes back to the values that my father instilled in my brothers and I long, long ago. We We're not allowed to watch TV until 7 p.m. every day. It wasn't, come home, have a snack, sit and watch Moesha. No, we we had to work. We each had to play a sport. We each had to play an instrument. We had to practice both daily and we had to still stay on top of our schoolwork. So the rule, no TV until seven was really kind of no TV at all. Once you get done with everything he expected us to do. And so he was always telling us, I want you to be doers. I don't want you to be spectators in life. I want you to do, why would you sit around and watch other people do and perform on tv when you could be doing that yourself so that really did set within us this work ethic and this drive to spend our time wisely i learned time management when i was seven years old i was not allowed to sit around and be idle i don't know what idle time looks like and that's because of anthony bazell so that is where i got my work ethic from and it just it's just something that i continued on with my adulthood i always say that if my brothers and i grew up in this day and age where there's tablets where you could watch tv 24 7 in the car at church on the way to school my father wouldn't have allowed us to have tablets (laughs) That would not have been a thing in my house. It would never have gone that well for us. He would have thrown them away because I know my aunt would have bought them for us. We would have each had color coded tablets, but that was not happening. Um, So, yeah, that's something that I took into my adulthood. And then when I say it's a passion project, I really am passionate about blogging. I love it. Mm. I love it. It's not something that is, you know, fly by night. It's actually something that excites me. Right. In something that feeds my creativity, because I am a creative at heart. Mm -hmm. You have to make the time for what's important to you. I didn't have time, technically, while I was in med school, but I made the time. I would hit Tina up, like she said, and we would shoot at the crack of dawn, and then I would go to clinic. In the rain. rain. We shot in the rain. Sometimes I didn't sleep, because I had to be at the hospital that night. I would duck into stairwells and post after
0: rounds and...
1: I just made it work.
0: Insane. So right now while we're speaking, I'm pulling up Instagram right now because when we started shooting, I think you were at like under 2,000. I swear to y'all, like she had nobody. It was very No, but it's okay. I had nobody too. But this girl is almost at 10,000 followers. So if you're listening right now, go ahead and follow her right now on Instagram, Surgery in the City. Um, Little plug (laughs) for my friend. But I wanna ask you this question, and I I wanna do this for all my guests moving forward, but what would you say has contributed to your growth? What is your growth theory? Like what is it that you would say got you here? Would it be just Instagram and posting all the time? Would it be your blog, networking? What would you say to someone who maybe is just starting out in their blog and they're like, oh, I only have 1,000 followers or 500 followers, like what would you give to them to say this is what worked for me that is like tried and true?
1: I think it's multiple things. Number one, I think it's consistency showing up for the audience that you do have every single day. It doesn't matter if you have 500. I had 490 something people following me when I decided to turn my page from a personal page into a business page. And I just continued to post as often as I could daily, most weeks. And that is something that helped. Tagging brands that you actually love and that you're using day in and day out and wearing or using in your posts, they can repost you. And then that will give you exposure to their audience, which is usually larger. And so more people will find your page and follow you also making it so that you're providing value to your audience when i started opening up about my experience in med school and some of my trials and struggles that is what really helped to grow my following because people felt like they had community and they had a space where they weren't being judged for failing an exam or for making a b or a c when some of their classmates are touting their a pluses and a FIA and <laughs> i don't even know if that's the right term but whatever <laughs> but yeah building community and just showing up for your audience those are the three things that i did that i can say definitely helped me grow
0: i love that and i want to touch back on the what will people say because i've worked with a few people who are at the beginning stages of their journey and growing their brand their personal brand and they are always saying well, you know, what if my followers think it's weird that I'm pivoting into this new direction of blank? So for you, it was fashion, but also adding value to the medical field and what that looks like being in school. Um, What advice would you give to someone who is in that transitional period of trying to like niche down, but they also don't want, you know, they also feel like, well, what if I lose followers or I lose network? I think that
1: at the end of the day, It's your page first. Yes, you wanna provide value. Yes, you wanna honor your audience. And yes, you wanna provide content they like, but you have to like it first. I see a lot of people saying things like, I don't wanna post too often because I don't wanna get on people's nerves or I don't wanna post too much sponsored content because I don't want people to think a certain thing. Listen. This is my art, (laughs) this is my brand, this is my space and my page first. And if you choose to continue to follow along, that is wonderful, I welcome you and I thank you for your engagement and positivity. But if you don't like my sponsored content with Nordstrom, I am sorry, (laughs) I love Nordstrom, I like working, I like paying bills, so right. I'm going to continue to sp- post my sponsored content. I think that you have to take ownership of your page and not allow your audience and your growth to start to dictate what it is that you will and will not post. This is your art first.
0: That's beautiful. And I OK, we both follow um, Maddie James. Uh-huh. And she did a live the other day <clears throat> where she said you can't over spam people with value that that they want, like with value, like if you're offering value. So I guess that kind of touches on your thing. Like what you were offering was so much value that people were like, oh my gosh, like what is her next post about? Like, you know, you were helping other people and the people that weren't for you you know, if they unfollowed you, it's fine because you attracted the right people who literally you've changed lives. I mean, we've literally seen this happen through your blog. Um, So this brings me to the next question. Why is having a blog so important? There are so many people who are like, I have Instagram. It's fine. Why do I need to write a blog? So please enlighten us.
1: Of course. So I actually paid more attention to my blog first and then i got instagram up and running because i always knew Yeah. yeah i always knew that i would want to use instagram as free advertisement for my blog to direct people to my blog having a blog is important because you own it you own that platform instagram if they don't like what you're posting or if they want to shadow ban you and your hashtags, they have right. every right to do that. They could take your page down tomorrow and you wouldn't be able to do anything Instagram about it. Right, yeah. exactly. But I pay Bluehost every year to make sure my blog and my space stays exactly where it's supposed to be. And advertisers and brands know that and they appreciate that. A blog post lasts and has greater longevity than an Instagram posts because that Instagram post is going to be out of sight, out of mind. In like a day. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And especially once it's not on your, once you're not on your feed, how many people are going to scroll back that far to find your branded content? But on a blog, you could search, you could type in the brand's name, you could search a keyword and that sponsored post will come right up. So I think that it's digital currency to have a blog and something you own.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I've seen firsthand how your blog has like opened doors for you. It's crazy. Um, So big question for people who maybe are starting a blog and they want to be an influencer and they're in the beginning stage and they're saying, well, I'm too small to get partnerships. I can't do it. Like, what advice do you have for those people who are like, well, I need thousands and thousands of followers before I can ever Get a deal, or before I can ever get sponsored or freebies, like what would you say to them? Because you are technically a micro blogger, and I've seen you in spaces where I'm like, hold up! <laughs> I'll be- I've literally been in case of like, I want to be there. What? Like they all look so beautiful, you know, walking the streets of Atlanta with your heels. I'm like, wait, let me get in this blogging sphere myself. So help us out. Yes.
1: I think I got my first paid opportunity when I maybe had, it was anywhere between 1,500 to 3,000 wow. followers. And that's because I was so consistent. I kept posting daily, even if my content wasn't the best because I hadn't started working with Tina yet, I was posting consistently and brands like to see that. Their Your posts will flop if you post up a branded post. And you haven't posted it for like a month and brands know that so consistency really does help you don't need thousands and thousands of followers to make money in this game there are so many different brands and so many different needs when it comes to marketing and value that you can provide consistency is key and also tagging brands reaching out to brands you have to be proactive and let them know what you do, what services you you offer, and how you can assist with spreading the word about their products. I think that being proactive has definitely helped me. Learning how to pitch, learning how to reach out, learning how to find the right email addresses. That has been extremely helpful, being proactive and not just waiting on them to knock on my door. Sometimes that does happen and that's great. (laughs) I love it, but knowing my Mm -hmm. worth, Feeling confident in what I'm charging and then reaching out to the brands myself has made it so that even with under 10K, I can turn this into a business.
0: That's amazing. And I know you mentioned like proactively reaching out and finding contacts. Like what would you say is the best method for that? Like if someone was just getting started, what how would they do that? LinkedIn, like would they just Google (laughs) ahead of blank, blank, blank? Like what would you say to them who maybe want to find that that partnership but they just don't know how to get the contact
1: right I think that LinkedIn is really really helpful in finding the correct brand partnership contacts also googling if you can't find them on LinkedIn and then I would say following up a lot of people don't hear a response after sending one email That's true. and then they're ready to throw in the towel on that brand brands are busy that you know, is full. We're all busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody's trying to work with Nike, you know? So following up and making sure that you... I like to do three emails before I say, okay, they're busy or they don't want to work with me yet. Yeah. And then I'll consider reaching back out to them within six months or so after I have more brand deals under my belt, after I have even more content, even more blog
0: posts. So... I love that. That is so good. Man, I'm taking notes myself. Um, I know we touched on bringing audience into your story before when you mentioned just sharing your journey and sharing the failures and all that Mm -hmm. good stuff, but... Um, I feel like being consistent and being vulnerable are kind of tied in together. Mm -hmm. Um, So how would you go about maybe giving advice to someone who is afraid of being vulnerable with certain parts of their life? They're like, well, I don't want to share it all. You know, Um, what advice would you give them when it comes to how to pick what that lane is, like what they should be sharing that is consistent, but also vulnerable enough to where they can it feels authentic to the viewers and the audience and they can not feel uncomfortable on their own skin sharing that part of their life.
1: Sure. So I think that depends on the soul searching that individual does their comfort level and also timing. I don't think that everything is for the internet. I don't think that everything is meant to be shared. So you really do have to do some social soul searching and see if it's something that you want to share in the that you want to share it all Mm -hmm. and if you do then consider the timing Right. Because there are so many different times I could have shared my failures throughout medical school, but I wanted to wait until I was done so that it could be a testimony and so it could be a learning lesson. I didn't want to share it in the interim when I was still going through and still vulnerable to different things that people could have said that may have been negative or getting all of this different feedback and advice that I really didn't want or need. So I think that timing is really important when it comes to determining when and how to And once you do start opening up and sharing, don't allow the internet to make you feel like you have to keep on doing that. You share when and how you want to. There have been additional questions about me and my path and what exactly I'm doing this year. I'm not ready to share that yet. (laughs) So I have not answered those questions or I just reroute them for later and I share when and how I want there are still boundaries even after you decide to become vulnerable on the internet and you have to determine how those boundaries will be enforced.
0: I love that. Yeah, I love that because I think with my learning about personal brand building and all that stuff, it really is about boundaries and figuring Mm -hmm. out what parts of your life are you willing to share online? Mm -hmm. You know, there's celebrities that we know and look up to that have held parts of their life back. I mean, look at Janet Jackson, who has seen her kid. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) there's, there's people out here who just don't, you know, they choose, they pick and choose what they share. And, we still love them regardless and then there's some people who are willing to share everything you know like the Kardashians sometimes that's been really rough you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying so (laughs) being able to figure out like you said doing soul searching like what am I willing to put out there and what am I willing to pull back you know right to create your own narrative online because it doesn't have to be everything you're building a brand that people can resonate with so for you it's Fashion affluent flat fashion by the way. This I know Target, okay. <laughs> um and then it's medical information, you know, with the school and just yeah. the knowledge and just inspiring all of us with your queenliness, you know. Thank you, Tina. Um, so I wanted to ask this last question and then we're gonna do some A's. <laughs> okay. Um, last question what advice would you give someone who isn't sure what their special formula is or what makes them stand out if they want to become a blogger so i know we've had people even ask you like okay well i like fashion but i like this and it's all over the place and they're really Mm -hmm. trying to narrow down how did you find that you were going to do fashion and share the medical school advice and value
1: i think it came with trial and error because at first i didn't want to talk about med school on my blog i was doing awful i was doing horribly it was not going well and i just wanted to take my mind off of that but as i continued on in the fashion realm i had more balance in my life things got better with school and so i was ready to share more about my trials. And then once I saw the response and how people were actually benefiting from it, and when I say people, I mean struggling and non-traditional students, that made me feel more compelled to share more in that area. So I think that it's about the call and response mechanism of Instagram and other social media platforms. You put out what you're comfortable putting out, you see the response and you determine if you wanna keep on putting out that information i didn't have a special formula i just kept on trying new things and that's really a part of it that's a part of growing and the growth theory Um, especially now that we have this new algorithm i'm Mm. trying new things out all the time should i use hashtags should i not use hashtags should i put them in the comments (laughs) should i put them somewhere else because i'm trying to get these swipe ups and instagram
0: yeah she's almost there (laughs) she (laughs) She is almost there great
1: So, yes, I think it's a matter of trial and error. Yeah,
0: that's true. I even saw that with my own photography journey. I I went from like baby photography to weddings to (laughs) everything. And now I found my lane. And so it is kind of that trial and error and seeing what resonates with people. Did you ever look at your analytics and see like what blogs worked best with people? Or did you just kind of stay true to what you wanted to say and let it grow organically?
1: I do look at analytics from time to time, but for the most part, I've got to say, I post what I like. I love that. <laughs> I love my audience. Truly, I do. But this is my art, and I'm going to post what resonates with me first. And if others like
0: it, they love it. They can come along. And I love it, too. <laughs> I love that. I think that that is the most authentic thing you can do because mm-hmm. we've all followed bloggers and influencers who are so cookie cutter you know they all look the same lips done you know everything Not lips everything is the same <laughs> you know what I mean though it's like yeah. they all are wearing the same clothes they're saying the same stuff and it's like they have so many followers but we don't know if that's bought and paid for But when it's a smaller micro bloggers, there's so much authenticity behind it where you feel like, oh my God, that's my friend. And Mm -hmm. even if you've never met them before in person, Mm -hmm. um, there's this level of like, I know what they're saying is real. Even if maybe I don't identify with that one post, you're back for next thing, right? Like a friend. So I love that. Yeah, staying true to yourself is so key. Okay, so I'm excited to get into the Q&A. So I have a Facebook group that Mm -hmm. I have for... Women, female entrepreneurs on all levels, from beginning to seasoned, and I told them that we were going to be interviewing today, so they shared a few questions. So let's get into it. <clears throat> I love. Okay, that group. so question number one: uh, It is I've seen a good amount of growth on my Instagram in the past two months, and I've been doing gifted partnerships with brands. At what point can I start asking for payment? I think it's
1: appropriate to ask for payment once you have consistent posts and once you have quality content. I feel like accepting gifts is a wonderful way to identify the brands that want to work with you, identify the brands that you want to work with and build those relationships. However, that can't go on forever, Mm. at least not in my book. (laughs) And so I think that once you have quality, consistent content – you can go ahead and start leveraging that and pitching and asking for payment that you deserve.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think some microbloggers feel like, well, oh, they don't have a lot of followers. How can they ask for mm-hmm. money? Do you have a method that's like, um, okay, well, I have these many followers. This is how much I'm going to ask. Like, has it grown over the years or do you just have a set uh, payment or like in mind?
1: Yeah, I like to consider the number of followers I have the number of hours it's going to take me to make sure that I um, provide the deliverables that are asked of me. And then I like to make sure that I understand what those deliverables are, because asking me for a blog post is not the same as asking me for one static post on Instagram. So then I'll determine what rate I want to charge based on that information, based on all of the information they present to me, and then I'll give them the number. And sometimes there is a counter offer. And then we decide and what the final say. number will be. But you have to learn how to negotiate. And you have to learn how to how to ask for more if you feel like you've been undervalued. Mm-hmm.
0: And I love that. And I've been asked, I was asked recently, and I sent you, <laughs> I told you about it. Yes. Um, I was asked recently to shoot a whole little campaign For this well-known like underwear brand and i was like they were gonna gift me product and Mm -mm. i was like wait i know anya so Mm -mm. i know this ain't right so Mm -mm. i reached out to her and you know i ended up having to write a nice email back saying you know please consider me when you are doing paid (laughs) opportunities just so i was polite and it was in their inbox but i sent a lot of those yeah at some point you have to uh value yourself even when you are a beginner quote unquote if mm-hmm. you have any kind of following like I don't care if it's just a thousand it's that's a lot of people <laughs> you know what I mean That's right. a lot of people You still influence those it's, people <laughs> yeah you're still influencing those people so at some point I think you have to consider like you have to pay rent you have things that you have to pay for you know this isn't it may be a hobby or it may be a passion project but when they reach out to you it's no longer that you know what i mean that's what i feel like when companies reach out to you it's no longer a passion project it's like they're taking you seriously for business so exactly you have to handle it like business you're not an intern that's unpaid exactly (laughs) i can't believe i did that (laughs) in college um same (laughs) the next question is how to niche down i've had people tell me that's what i need to do but i'm not 100 percent how sure how to do it and I feel like we've touched on this a little bit already um but I feel like it's like you said the whole trial and error thing right mm-hmm. like you really got to journal do some soul searching figuring out what parts of your life you do want to share with people and then just make it on rotation right like since right. you kind of did that with school like you always had a new story or a, a new um, thing that you overcame or you shared stuff about your family and ancestry, which I love those posts, oh, you know, you. and your mom. So you you pick parts of your life. You're like, I'm going to share with my mom, my school, my fashion. And it kind of rotated out. So I feel like for this question, if you can find maybe three pillars or three to five pillars that you're like, I'm always going to be touching on this, you mm-hmm. can't really go wrong, right? Like right. You can always fill in here and there, but that's kind of how you can niche down to be like, I know that person because of those things.
1: Right. And I think that's how you start posting consistently if you know exactly what kind of topics you're going to be posting about, then it's not going to be as difficult to do the storytelling around those topics.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. Someone asked how to stay consistent and be organized. Please help. Okay. Do you have a method? (laughs) Do you have a Excel sheet? What do you do to... Because you are the most consistent person I know when it comes to posting online. I'm like, well, dang, it's so (laughs) difficult. But you are on it. Like you really, really have mastered sharing something that isn't it's not just like fluff it's like really good content so please help us all
1: i really like well first of all i'm a type a person so staying organized is not it's not hard for me to do (laughs) i just want to start off by saying that i'm type a um, but there are so many different apps that can help you stay organized. I love Caption Writer because anytime I have an idea about something that I want to post, I can just simply plug it into the caption writer. I can put the spaces that I need so that it's easy to read. I can insert the hashtags I want. And then whenever I have an image that comes to mind, I'm a visual person. So whenever I have an image that comes to mind, Tina and I will shoot and I'll say, okay, that's the image that's going to go with this caption that I've already written down. I wrote it down right away so I wouldn't forget. I do that. I also make sure that I have my preview up and running, so that app really does allow me to see what my feed is going to look like in advance. I have a lot of color on my feed, that's my thing, and I just want to make sure that there's not too much of one color in one corner and that we can spread the wealth of the rainbow because I think that is just visually appeasing to me. What else helps me to stay organized? I think that writing down my ideas as soon as they come to me, that ensures I have content on content on content. I do not wait. If I'm in the shower and I have an idea, as soon as I'm out of the shower, I grab from my phone. I'm like, oh, I got to write that down (laughs) because that's a story I want to tell. So making sure that you capture every idea that you have is very important. And then making sure that you're building a cohesive feed by using apps like Preview and Unum. that's.
0: That's important as well. I love that. I think that is so true. I sometimes am bad at that. Like I'll have an idea while I'm driving and I'm like, oh, that's good. And then I'll <laughs> I'll like, I won't write it down. And then the next day I'll be like, oh, what was that? You know, so I think that it's so important to just write your ideas down and then later marry the imagery with it. Or if you have an image first, maybe then you can figure out the caption. But I do think the storytelling is the, the best part of creating consistent content because if there's no story behind it, what does the visuals matter? Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that's where I try to help people with my photography is bringing their stories to life. But if there's no story, you know, it's going to be very hard to create content um, and create consistent content over time because then it's like, well, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll be tripped up, but maybe if it's like a continuation of a story. So maybe. there's one part of your life that you're sharing you're gonna have something else come up that addresses that subject so maybe later if you get inspired you can write on that again
1: oh yes I have stories for days when it comes to my road to MD and my path as a physician I just haven't released all of them yet because I'm not at peace to share all of it yet Mm. I share bit by bit Again, as I see fit and as I'm comfortable. And just one more thing I wanted to mention having a visual, like you said, is so important. I keep my rack of clothing that I plan on shooting with Tina in my living room so that I can walk by it. I'm watching, I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I can walk by it every day and think about what I want to say about the pieces, how they're going to look, where I want to shoot them, because one of our things is to shoot around eclectic places in Atlanta and show off Atlanta as well as the clothes. So making sure that you have something in front of you every single day that's going to inspire you and your blog and your content. Like I have my clothing rack here with all the items I'm going to shoot. That's important too because it just builds up your creativity right. and your imagination.
0: I love that. Yeah, and if you're somebody who maybe isn't um – um, you know, maybe you aren't a blogger and you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't I don't have a clothes rack. Even just the vision board can really help that. Every client that I, every new client that I get and ones that I shoot with, uh, you know, consistently, I always ask for a vision board from them because it helps me understand, okay, what the heck are, what do you want, you know? <laughs> what do you want, you know? It's like, because if you don't understand that part, then it's hard for the person helping you to create that visual right to know what the heck you're saying so like she said if you can have everything laid out and mapped out for your mind and you're clear then everyone else can get the message clearly across whether that is maybe a photographer or your audience so your audience I mean they know you Atlanta fashion medicine you know what I mean like you really do a great job of Bringing all those pieces together and marrying it, so I love it. Okay, so the next question is actually a really good one, and I'm really excited to hear what you say about this. Um, how to make more in sales with my affiliate links? I am on like to know it, and I would like to make more sales. <laughs> so I would love, I would love to hear you on this because I know the other day when we were shooting, we talked about. Um, how people want to make money and then they fall off so i'm really curious to see how you answer this question as far as sales and affiliate links and bringing in that that revenue
1: of course i think that you have to consistently remind people about your like to know it because it is an affiliate program it's not something that you can just click on and you're automatically at the product sometimes you can link it that way but a lot of bloggers don't because of how uh, the, sims- the system works when it comes to making sure that you are compensated. So it's an extra step that people have to take. So I think that making sure that you build trust in your community so they want to take that extra step for you is key. And then I also think that reminding people and constantly giving that education on how like to know it works. That's yes. important too because a lot of people don't know don't know or don't understand how it works I think that going the extra mile helps when people say, oh, I like that. Or could you send me the link? Send them the link. (laughs) Don't let them just leave your post and let a couple of days go by without you sending that link. Because they will use it and you will get those points and it will add up. Like to know it pays every two weeks. Those funds add up. Right. I think that's important. And I think that you need to drive people to your blog where you link drive people to your like to know it app where you link put those links on your youtube videos facebook Mm -hmm. group on pinterest you have to constantly be using them and people will pick them up and that goes for any affiliate program you have to educate you have to create trust and you have to make sure that you're spreading the wealth on your social platforms with those links it takes time but it does work yeah
0: I love that. I really do, and I know you were posting the other day that there was like a sweater dress, and you're like, thank, "Thank you all know. for using oh, my yes, link, girl." People I love, love it. that sweater I dress. I want <laughs> that sweater dress. Okay, I, I went, and I <laughs> don't know if they still have it. I feel like they it's do. sold out. They okay, do. thank God. Yeah, yeah, I'm using your link. Um, but I think that's so key for everyone when it comes to selling online, whether it's affiliate links or you have a product and you want people or service, like educating people on what that is. So, I one thing that you do that's really great is you always do like a screen grab or some kind of cool video to show like how to go to the app and what to click on you know because when you're in it you think other people should already know this you think people should already know to click on the link in my bio or they should just go to my blog but people are they're not concerned <laughs> they're not concerned with what you're doing it may mean the world to you like to me to us but the average person who has your money in their pocket, they don't they don't care. Right. <laughs> they may like it, they may share it, but the extra step of really convincing them to finish the sale, you know what I mean, or invest in you. Whatever that whatever that looks like, whether it's reading a blog post, you know, helping your engagement go on your website or actually buying and putting money behind something, it is gonna take us doing that, you know trivial work that feels so silly or weird you know
1: and I think that's where it also comes back to reminding yourself that you can't worry about who's annoyed right You know if someone feels like you're too salesy or too money hungry this is my business this is my brand I'm going to mention like to know it every day
0: yeah and you can't you can't be too salesy in my opinion if you do it right um, so I wanted to, I actually, I've been learning about this and I'm going to little share it, but when it comes to sales, um, you, you can't be too salesy if you're doing it right. If you've attracted the right audience and if you start losing people at the beginning when you're small, that's good. Like I can't even begin to tell you, like, I'm so glad that I pivoted when I did into branding photography and really only making that my thing. Yeah. I've gotten wedding inquiries. I've gotten like. Family, you know, and I've really told them, like, I don't specialize this anymore. And I've been able to push it to other people. But I've been able to reap more from niching down from, you know, offering value to the people that I'm trying to reach. So that when I sail, it's not not like, oh, my God, Tina, shut up. (laughs) This is annoying. (laughs) I get DMs all the time of, like, this was so valuable. This really helped me. And in my mind, oh, my God, this is so like basic. like You know what I mean? It's like something I'm like, oh really? Okay. Like I didn't realize it was that deep. But when you're, when you're educating, when you're offering value, 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 every time you're offering value is a chance to sell. Right. So if you're writing a post on Instagram at the end, it should always tie back to your link or tie back to your, to your website or whatever you want to get people to do, it should always tie back. Right. So you're not just like, posting a random picture of a sunset, you know, with and a, then, <laughs> a lyric, with, with a, a lyric, lyric. Right. right, or some, some type album. of weird song, you know, and then the next thing you know, that goes on for a week or two weeks. And then you're like, hey, guys, I got a new product coming out. Uh, invest, you know, or hey, guys, um, get check out what I'm doing. It, it really that's when you come off as salesy because people are like, where have you been? You know, it's like, you can't open a store and then close it. The next day, because life is happening and then open it back up the next month, because people are going to be like, I really don't know. I'm confused. (laughs) Where are you going with this? (laughs) Where are you going with this? Right. (laughs) So it's so important to. Don't look at selling as like, wow, this is pushing people. Mm -hmm. The selling should come with the education, with the teaching people. So with Anya, she's literally offering value for non-traditional med students and showing them that she can live her best life on these Atlanta streets with the cutest clothes. But she's also sharing her struggles, but then she's always taking it back to the link, (laughs) her affiliate link, please buy my clothes or, you know, a blog. But even when I go to the blog, if I click on a picture, that's it. Like, you know, that's going to help her. So if you're somebody who's out there and you're just getting started and you know, you're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Just get started. Always be sharing value and always be pushing that, whatever it is, whether it's a blog, your website, your YouTube channel, whatever that looks like, because it will help you grow, you know? And one thing that I did learn, I don't know if I should do a podcast on this, like on its own, but I recently learned that um, they were, this group of girls, they were saying that selling should be, we should look at it like an election, like a campaign, like Mm -hmm you know, presidential candidates, they don't come out of nowhere in November and say, hey, what's up, guys? Like, <laughs> I know I've been missing for a while, and I know I told you last year that I wanted to run and whatnot, but what up? <laughs> I'm here. Please vote for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, but where have you been? You know, the person who's going to win has gone to every single state, said the exact same slogan every single time. And if it's annoyed people, that's not their base. But if it if it resonates with people, they'll be buying your hat. <laughs> Okay, they'll be buying the most random looking thing, looking dumb, flying flags. And yet, you know, they are your base. You know, I mean, no question. You could come out with like the dumbest product and people will be the biggest fans. So when you educate and you really keep pushing what you've worked so hard on because your blog, you work so hard on it. So, like, why wouldn't you share it every time, every chance you get? You know what I mean? That's silly. When you're proud of something like your baby, you're not like think of parents. They're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to share my kids photos again because that's lame. No, they're whipping out their phone every chance they get. For your and bed. they're going to tell you this is, <laughs> hey, check out my blog. <laughs> hey, check out my new product. They're going to constantly kind of push that. So exactly. I love that. Well, that is our last question for the Those are so good.
1: Those are really good And I
0: just wanted you, I don't know, do you have any closing remarks or any advice that you would give someone who is, you know, maybe afraid to put themselves out there or maybe already has something and they feel like, well, dang, I haven't really been nurturing this as much. Whatever you feel to say, I'll give you the floor.
1: Sure. Well, thank you again for having me. This was really fun, Tina. I would say... Stop worrying about what other people are saying. I think that a lot of people who have time to talk are idle, and they're likely not following their own dreams or caring after their own ambitions. And you don't have time for that. That is not cute. That is not something that you should even entertain other people's thoughts about your your space in real life or on social media. So whatever it is that you're passionate about, I say go after it full force, put your all into it and you will see results. And it's not something that you can do for a week and say, okay, I did this for a week. I need to see growth. I haven't seen growth on surgery in the city, Instagram, for maybe almost a month now thanks to this new algorithm I know shout out (laughs) but I'm still posting every day and I'm still showing up every day and I'm going to continue to do that because it's what I love to do Mm. and I think that you really have to find what it is you love to do and start that don't go after what it is you think you're supposed to like pursue what it is you actually do love right and all the pieces will fall into place
0: I love that. And yes, OK, I know I said I was going to stop, but <laughs> I just have to touch on this really quick because it's so key. I know some people when they're like talking about niching down, they they feel like, how do I make things make sense? And I think for you, who would have thought that, you know, medicine and fashion would go together? Those seem so, you know, opposite cold opposites but you you didn't care you were like i love these two things well one i'm kind of in for my career but i'm passionate about the other and it's really turned into something that is amazing and i think anybody who's listening you know anya has literally changed people's lives (laughs) okay and i'm so glad that i've been a part of the journey but she really has like we did a video this year it was this
1: year i can't believe it It was in may it seems like forever ago it was
0: this year we did a video and it was basically her testimony her sharing her testimony of med school the ups and downs like (laughs) I wouldn't wish it on anyone but you know she carried it with class and the reshares and the messages she got I mean it was like I brought tears to my eyes so um, you know don't hoard you know what you want to do because of other people because they're not a part of the blessing. You know what I'm saying? Like the people who are part of your story, you could literally like save someone's mentality. I mean, there were people who messaged you, like, girl.
1: Someone messaged me today and she said, I watched your video again because I was feeling so down and I'm doing better. This video is timeless. Her words, this video is timeless. I never thought that video would be received the way that it was I was just trying to shoot my graduation content and I thought maybe a couple of people would say oh this really resonated with me but the emails and just the droves of students saying I'm kicked out of med school right now can you assist me that blew my mind and so yes I think that everybody is so focused on what's my niche what what's my thing your thing is you you're Mm. the thing Right. You're the thing. And you need to talk about who you are and stop trying to worry about fitting into three
0: specific categories. That's so, so good. good. Talk about your life. That's the thing. That's the thing. I love it. And that's so true. The whole building your brand and growing like, you know, we do try to be like other people. And when we do that, it doesn't work because other people can see through that, you know. But when you're a trailblazer, a game changer, it, it can't be, it can't be recreated because it's, it's specific to you and your story. So I just had to share. I'm going to put the video that she mentioned in the show notes. So check it out. And I'll also put a link to her Instagram. Y'all, we got to get her to 10K so she can have that swipe up so we can get that uh, sweater dress. <laughs> it's getting, it's getting cold here and in the South. And everything else. And everything else. But I loved having you on. Thank you so much. I know my show's a baby right now, but I'm it is so
1: powerful. I love Girl Theory.
0: Yay! Thank you for coming on. Thank you. All right, you all. That's all we got for today. Thank you so much for listening. And if this episode served you in any way, please feel free to share it with someone. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a review. I'd be so incredibly thankful. Have a wonderful day, friends.